1: Thank you so much for joining us today, which is June fourteenth, two thousand seventeen. Our very special guest today is Dr. Eric Donenfeld, and he is quite an accomplished man. He um, has a long history of specializing in the eyes. With all the list of accomplishments that he has, there's so many to mention here that I think it would be a really great idea for him to introduce himself to our listeners relative to those he finds of the utmost importance. So let me bring Dr. Donenfeld onto our show now. Welcome. How are you today?
2: Very good, and thank you, and I'm so honored to be here with you today. My name is Eric Donenfeld, and uh, I'm an ophthalmologist in practice on Long Island and in New York and Connecticut at Ophthalmic Consultants, and I'm a professor of ophthalmology at New York University. Among other things, I'm also a trustee of Dartmouth Medical School, and I'm the uh, past president of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Incredible. That's enough to get started.
1: It's just incredible. <laughs> You've also written over 190 peer review papers.
2: I do You ever have. sleep?
1: Do you ever sleep?
2: Um, I you know, I don't sleep a lot. There's, there's some truth in that, but the bottom line is when you really enjoy what you do, it makes it very easy to accomplish things that you want to accomplish.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. They always say if you want to get something done, ask a busy person.
2: Well. Thank you. I guess I am pretty busy.
1: <laughs> well, today's subject is going to be on, the, on dry eye, and um, I think that you've done an incredible um, amount of research in this area. It's, it's something that afflicts a lot of people, and a lot of times they're not even aware of what's wrong with their eyes to begin with. Why don't you tell our listeners right. what it is and how common is it?
2: Well, I think you just actually hit the nail right on the head, and that dry eye is the absolute single most common reason why people go to an eye doctor, whether it be an ophthalmologist or an optometrist, and um, sometimes patients know that they have dry eye, but even more commonly, patients don't know that they had dry eye because the symptoms can really vary, and it's one of those diagnoses that can actually be very difficult to make. Some patients complain of tearing when they get dry eye because their eyes become irritated and they get reflex tearing. Others complain that they don't make enough tears. Some people complain of burning. Some people complain of itching. Uh, But what I notice most commonly is that people who complain of feeling their eyes or visual fluctuation or just feeling that they're not comfortable, it's usually dry eye disease. Most commonly... We see it today um, for a couple of different reasons. Number one is, is probably computers. People stare at the computers; they don't they don't blink a lot. But the other really common problem is that our nutrition has changed in the United States because our diet has changed, and we consume a lot less omega threes. We consume more omega sixes, so we eat more corn or corn fructose syrup, and we consume less leafy green vegetables and fish and omega-3s so that the oils that lubricate our eyes aren't as effective as they were in the past.
0: Mm.
1: So what can be done about it?
2: Well, dry eye disease is, a again, a very common disease, and um, it's one of the more difficult problems that we manage. It doesn't really sound serious when you first think about it, but we do a lot of very significant work. We deal with macular degeneration, we deal with uh, cataract surgery, but dry eye impacts upon almost every aspect of our patients' lives. So what can be done about it? Well, the first thing is to make the correct diagnosis. So the best way to do that is to go to an eye doctor who has expertise in this area and make the diagnosis of dry eye disease? Uh, dry eye disease, again, is manifest many different ways, and we have some really great new tests that weren't available before that make the diagnosis more accurate than ever before. And there are what we call point of service tests, tests that allow us to uh, get a number that tells us about the significance of the dry eye, and there are tests like osmolarity. We also have physical examination. We actually look at the patient's eyes, and we have dyes that we place in the patient's eyes, yellow, red, green, and they stain areas that look dry. That helps us with the diagnosis. And then we also examine the patient's eyes as well. And there are two basic forms of dry eye disease. The two basic forms are you don't make enough water that comes from the lacrimal glands. And also, you don't make enough oils, or you make poor oils. And that comes from what's called meibomian glands. And these are the glands in patients' lids that secrete the oils that lubricate the eye, and you need both. If you're missing okay. one of them, you're going to be symptomatic. If you're missing two, then these are the patients who are the most uncomfortable, and they're very common. Of the two forms of dry eye, the most common is not making enough good oils. And we call this evaporative dry eye, or another word for this is blepharitis or mebomian gland dysfunction. And again, it's just the oil glands in the eyelids not working appropriately, not making the oils that lubricate the eye. So the eye has a lid that moves over it, and I I make the analogy that it's very similar to a car's engine. And if you don't have oil in a car's engine, the pistons grind uh, in in the motor. When you don't make enough oils in the eyelid, or the oils are improper, the eyelids grind against the eye, and it creates irritation and foreign body sensation and sometimes a pebbly sensation that patients will complain about.
1: Hmm. In other words a patient could feel that like there's something in their eye
2: that is exactly right that's a very common sensation that patients have when they have a uh, dry eye they feel like they have a constant foreign body sensation
1: interesting really interesting huh what so, type of treatments are you doing now
2: well, that's words, a great talked, question. We talked
1: about, yeah, I mean, we've talked about, um, you know, just to recap a little bit with our listeners, if they're just joining us, um, we're talking about the two forms of dry eye. We're talking about a better way for um, eye physicians to diagnose. And, right, so,
2: and now treat. Aha! <laughs> so... I think that the best way to treat dry eye is to treat the cause of the dry eye. And that cause can be either not enough water or improper oils and inflammation. Mm-hmm. And again, not enough water, it's the first thing that most patients do is they, they use artificial tears or lubricating drops. And mm-hmm. it is effective, but I consider that what we call palliative therapy. It doesn't treat the cause of the problem it just treats the underlying symptoms. So using artificial tears can be helpful, but it's not treating the root cause of the disease. Now, there are some new medicines that have become available, some topical drops that are very, very popular. Uh, one that you might have seen on advertised on TV is called Restasis that helps you make more tears. Mm-hmm. And there's a brand new one now called Zydra that also is a very effective drop for, for treating Uh, not making enough water or not making enough aqueous, uh, and these Mm -hmm. treatments are very effective as well. Um, but for me, I like to take a more holistic approach to begin with. And I'm a big believer in oral nutrition. So I really like fish oil very much. Omega threes play a very significant role in improving the quality of the tear film and quality Omega threes make a very big difference. Um, One of the problems with with omega-3s or fish oil is that the fish oils you buy, you know, in a department store very commonly has been degraded. And we all know that fish, you know, has to be eaten in moderation because we have the risk of mercury and carcinogens Mm -hmm. and things like Mm -hmm. that. Those lovely things. (laughs) Exactly. So what most companies do is they add... um, alcohol to the fish oil, and that precipitates out the mercury and makes it safe, but it converts the fish oil from the natural triglyceride found in nature to a different form called an ethyl ester, and the ethyl ester not found in nature doesn't get absorbed well, and and if I had to give Mm -hmm. some advice for the listeners, it's any nutritional supplement not found in nature is not going to be good for the patient because your body can't process it the right way. So there are a couple of new fish oils that really absorb better, and there have been some good papers written about this, and these are called re-esterified fish oils. Um, You can buy them in a good health food store or or you can buy them online. Um, The favorite brand that I like to use is called PRN. Um, There's another brand called uh, Nordic Natural and Carlson's that are also also very good. But these three brands are really the best, and that helps you with patients who have uh, not enough aqueous or not enough water. But what I really want to talk about tonight is I want to talk about the most common cause, and 86% of all dry eyes, based on some papers, is due not to the water form, but to the oil form of dry eye disease, not making enough good oils. And that's the real common problem. And that's the problem that's become epidemic in the United States because of nutrition. So, again, nutrition plays a very significant role. But the improper oils um, have a very significant impact upon the entire eye. And the story that I'd like to share with you now is what happens in patients who make poor oils, the first thing that happens is the oil stagnates. It doesn't melt at body temperature, so it becomes hard. And it solidifies and uh, comes um, like uh, it becomes like the oil on you know on top of a of a piece of meat. It's just very hard, and it doesn't melt at body temperature. And what happens next is bacteria from the eyelids grow in that oil because now they have a food source, and the bacteria grow in this oil and the bacteria secrete enzymes called lipases that further break down the oils. So the lipases break down the oils from triglyceride, and they cleave them in half with what's called lipases, and they become soaps and fatty acids. So when people complain of burning and irritation with dry eye disease, it's because they actually really do have soap and acids in their eye, and they get that because the bacteria in the eyelids are cleaving the natural triglycerides, creating inflammation and uh, the poor components of the oils that create further irritation in the eye. So one of the key aspects of managing dry eye due to poor oils in the eyelid is to manage the bacteria in the eyelids and to reduce the inflammation that we see there.
1: Mm-hmm. And usually it looks pretty red, doesn't it?
2: Yes, it can look red. It doesn't have to look red, but you're absolutely right. It looks red. And if you look at people who have these red, irritated eyes, sometimes they look a little scaly. they look like they have some crusting on the eyelids. Uh, that's a classic sign of a patient who has meibomian gland disease. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. these blocked oils um, uh, are good food sources, and it creates a vicious cycle that the more... The oil stagnates. The more the bacteria grows in them, the more the bacteria grows. The more the bacteria create inflammation and break down the oils even further into soaps and fatty acids. So, are
1: you are you only seeing ahead. this condition in adults?
2: You know something. We see it mostly in adults, but we see it in children. We see it in, in teenagers as well. Um, sure. It's sometimes mm-hmm. hormonally activated. We see it very commonly in pregnancy. Uh, menopause, we'll see it um, um, in adolescence, and sometimes you'll see children will have these blocked oil glands in their eyelids, and they they look like styes, but the real name for them is chalazia, and that's a surefire sign that the patient has blocked oil glands. Is when you see somebody who has uh, who has a sty or a uh, looks like an infection in the eyelid. So you can actually see this at, at almost any age group, but the bottom line is, the older you get the more likely you are to have this disease. And if you just take a percentage of patients, you can say that if you're 50 years old, you have a 50% chance of having dry eye due to my gland disease. If you're 80 years old, there's an 80% chance. So as we age, the risk of this disease goes up significantly.
1: Hmm. Really interesting. Um, Just on a personal note, I actually ended up at urgent care about four months ago. Because I woke up, and my right eye felt like something was in it, and it hurt tremendously, right. so I went in and they gave me an antibiotic, and the moment that I inserted it into my eye, it felt better
2: exactly. so it sounds like you might have had one of these uh occurrences, and they're very common, and the antibiotics do play a very good short term role. In managing acute infections, but the problem with antibiotics is you can't use them long term, because when you use long term antibiotics, you almost always develop resistance, and resistance mm-hmm. can be more serious than the original disease itself when you start growing resistant organisms. So, Correct. antibiotics play a very good short term treatment, like you just use. The problem is we can't use long term, so it would be ideal if we could use an antibiotic on the eyelid every single day, but that would just end up in resistance and it would actually mm-hmm. end, up, end up making the condition worse. So so
1: what, uh, what do we do?
2: Well, that's actually a great question, and that's one of the great new therapies that we have for managing uh, patients who have dry eye due to blepharitis or blocked oil glands, and that is you need to kill the bacteria, but you need to kill it without using an antibiotic. And there are some very new, very advanced therapies that really play a significant role. And and really my favorite one is using something called hypochlorous acid. Hypochlorous acid is a mouthful, but it's essentially a very weak acid. And this acid is a natural product found in every single person. And it's secreted by the inflammatory cells in the lids, or actually in the entire body, Called neutrophils, and these are the cells that scavenge around the body and clean up infections and prevent us from getting sick. And they mm-hmm. do this with a uh, by capturing the bacteria, secreting this acid called hypochlorous acid that kills the bacteria. But it does it without creating resistance because there is no uh, antibiotic there. It's a kills bacteria without the use of antibiotics, and the hypochlorous compound has been genetically engineered in our bodies for literally hundreds of millions of years. It's been used by our bodies in in a very effective way for fighting infections. And now for the first time, we've actually harnessed it to use to treat infections or prevent infections or to treat dry eye. And the use of hypochlorous acid has really revolutionized the way we treat dry eye. Uh, The product that we use today is is a, a pure hypochlorous acid, and that's called Avanova. And Avanova is a compound that comes in a little spray bottle, and we have our patients who have dry eye due to oil gland abnormalities, we have them spray it towards their eye, and then rub it in with a cotton ball with their fingers into their eyelids, and the hypochlorous acid kills the bacteria in the lids that are secreting the enzymes that are breaking down the lipids, and when these bacteria are no longer available, the oils become enriched, they become better, and the dry eye symptoms fade away um, in a very rapid manner. So using hypochlorous acid or Avinova uh, really does two things. It kills the bacteria that cause dry eye disease and also controls the inflammation. It's an anti-inflammatory effect as well. So by killing both of these things, by reducing inflammation and by um, killing the bacteria, it's become a very effective therapy, and you can use this indefinitely. So this is one of the chronic therapies that I use routinely for my patients with dry eye disease to manage their dry eye. And what's nice about it, it's a safe, it's actually more of a holistic approach to dry disease because it's using the body's natural resources of hypochlorous acid and harnessing the power of the hypochlorous acid in a manner that um, treats the dry eye disease and does not create resistance. So the fact that no resistance is created is really the key to the efficacy of mm-hmm. this therapy.
1: And it's by prescription, correct?
2: It is by prescription, yes. And any eye uh-huh. doctor would know, would know about this. So again, it's, ha- uh, it's called Avanova, and you, and you spray it onto your eyelids twice a day.
1: How long does it take to kill the bacteria? What's the treatment protocol?
2: Well, that's one of the amazing things about this hypochlorous acid, Avanova, is it kills bacteria in less than a second. So while antibiotics may take hours or even longer periods of time to kill an infection, uh, this works extremely rapidly. It works on contact, and it actually kills bacteria faster than any other compounds we use, faster than antibiotics, faster than betadine. And in addition to killing them, it's also very uh, easy on the ocular surface. It doesn't create inflammation. It doesn't create irritation. Doesn't create foreign body sensations. It doesn't have the side effects of toxicity that we see with other therapies.
1: Mm. So would you have to use it for, say, a seven seven days or ten days? Or
2: dry eye disease is a chronic problem. It okay. lasts a lifetime for some patients. So I'll usually treat patients for months at a time, see how they respond. If they've done well, I can sometimes stop the Avinova, but sometimes we just keep people on this literally for years. And uh, it's a chronic therapy for managing dry disease and uh, one of the best ones. And I I actually like to combine it, with, as I spoke before, with the use of omega-3s as well. So when you combine omega-3s with the Avinova, you kind of get two shots on goal, for preventing inflammation and treating dry eye disease.
1: Hmm. Well, I have, a, I have another um, question for you. What is a Demodex mite eye condition?
2: Demodex is a, you know, now you're getting very advanced here. I'm, I'm impressed. Demodex is a uh, organism that lives in the eyelids. It looks almost like a little worm. And it creates inflammation, and it plays a very significant role in dry eye disease as well. And it does that by uh, living in the eyelid, and it's found uh, under a microscope. You can actually see it if you look very carefully with a magnifying microscope in an eye doctor's office. And it's very difficult to kill Demodex. But the good thing about... uh, uh hypochlorous acid as well, is it kills the demodex also, which is, you know, again, a very significant advantage of using Avenova. It kills the bacteria. It also kills the demodex. That plays a role oh. in the inflammation associated with dry eye disease.
1: Do, do most eye doctors know to look for it, or would they just um, diagnose dry eye but not take it that one step further?
2: Well, this is a relatively new finding, and, and, and uh, I would say that it's not commonly known uh, how significant the role of demodex is in dry eye disease, but a good dry specialist or a corneal specialist would certainly know about it and would be very happy to talk about treatment options for getting rid of the demodex that plays a role here. But, uh, again, that, that's a it's a kind of a newer therapy and not as well-accepted as the treatment of uh, mm-hmm. of oil glands in the eyelids. So mm-hmm. I, I think they both play a significant role, but I would say that the oil gland problem plays a more significant role in dry disease than the demodex alone. But again, in patients who have chronic disease, treating both of these processes is important.
1: Yeah, I, I could just see an eye doctor <laughs> trying to articulate to their patient that they might have a worm in their eyelid. <laughs> I could just see the expression on their face. <laughs>
2: You know, you're absolutely right about that. And I tell you, if you ever look at a microscope or you go online and you look at what Demodex looks like, it's a scary-looking little creature. It looks like something <laughs> from outer space.
1: Oh, no. Uh, Lordy be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, um, you know, looking into the future, where do you see technology along with biology advancements, headed for patient treatment outcomes?
2: Well, there's a lot of research taking place now. This is one of the hottest areas in all of eye care is managing dry disease. So there's a lot of different drugs in the pipeline, uh, some very exciting drugs with new mechanisms of action that are going to be very helpful Uh, So I think there's a lot of opportunity for managing these chronic diseases, and I think that's something that's very exciting that we have to look forward uh, Mm -hmm. into the future. Um, But at the same time, uh, we're also learning more about the basics. And, again, getting back to basics, I think, is really something we've learned as well. So, again, using hypochlorous acid, using oral nutrition, uh, basic concepts that just make sense, uh, mm-hmm. Are becoming more mainstream, and uh, a, a lot of eye doctors are moving away from first-line therapies using medications, and trying to use more uh, natural processes to manage dry disease. Which is why, again, Avenova and hypochlorous acid and nutrition and hot compresses mm-hmm. are all mm-hmm. becoming more primary therapies for managing this disorder. But, again, for patients who don't respond to primary therapy, that's when we start getting to the new medications that are going to be very mm-hmm. exciting as well. I also think that new diagnostic tests will help as well as the, as the diagnostic tests make it easier for us to diagnose this common disease. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Are these tests expensive for, for the eye doctors?
2: Uh, actually, they're fairly reasonable, and the nice thing about them is most of them are covered by insurance. And um, uh, they're very readily available in most Mm -hmm. quality eye doctors' offices. Um, Actually, one of the tests that I haven't talked about is one of my favorite tests, is something called Lipiscan, which is a test that actually I told you the oil glands are blocked. And you Mm -hmm. really have a hard time seeing into the glands. You only see the tip of the iceberg. So you see the top of the oil gland uh, in the eyelid, this device called LipiScan will actually allow you to look into the oil glands and see how clogged they are. And when the oil cl- glands become chronically clogged, they actually stop functioning. And you can actually see the clogged, dilated glands, or even the glands that have died and and where the oils have stopped working, working. And and that's, that that scan is a very very nice test for managing dry disease and goes you know, goes along with all the therapies we're talking about here. But, uh, again, diagnosing it is really the key. Mm-hmm. The, same company, the same company that makes the Liposcan, also makes a treatment called LipaFlow, which is another treatment that I really like, and it gets back to what I talked to you about hot compresses. Hot compresses really work very nicely. But the problem with the hot compresses is, is that the hot compress applied to the lid has to pass all the way through the lid and the blood flow in the lid to get to the oil glands that are really on the very inside of the lid so that the high compressors don 't have a chance to work that effectively, mm. the, uh, this new device called LipaFlow clamps onto the lids it 's used in doctors offices and it massages out the blocked oil glands and heats them up from the inside so that the oils melt melt more significantly and it can express the oils and that 's another brand new treatment that is really up and coming that I like a lot. Oh. So that's, oh, that that's called scan and LipaFlow, and they mm-hmm. go very and it's basically just a a hot compress on steroids. So the hot <laughs> compresses are hot compresses are pro, are applied uh, more directly to exactly the area. The treatment takes about eighteen minutes. It's done in the doctor's office, and one treatment lasts about a year to a year and a half.
1: Oh my gosh, that's fabulous.
2: Yeah, It's a a nice new therapy. Hmm.
1: Is there anything else you'd like to add to your interview today? You've done such a spectacular job of describing everything um, and really putting it into layman's terms which is very beneficial for our listeners.
2: Well, you've done a great job of asking me great questions. And I would just go back to some, some basics on my pleasure. And that is that I don't think there's anything that our listeners would think is more important than vision. Mm. And as an ophthalmologist, I'm involved in all these wonderful new technologies and we're doing so many exciting things in eye care today. We have new cataract implants that can give patients vision far away and up close and correct irregularities, and we can do laser surgery and give patients better vision, and you've heard about LASIK and all those new technologies. Mm -hmm. And I'm involved in all those exciting new technologies. But what we sometimes forget is that all these technologies are dependent upon a good tear film. And without a good tear film, none of these technologies work effectively. So the base therapy for all eye disease almost always starts with a tear film which is why managing dry eye disease has become extraordinarily important is one of the more exciting areas in ophthalmology and uh, again the new products and the new diagnostic tests I've described today have really made therapy that much more more effective and it really gives us the ability to change patients lives dry eye affects 15 to 20 percent of the population in the United States making it one of the most common diseases and. Uh, if you think you may have dry eye, or your eyes just don't feel right, the best thing to do is don't treat yourself with just an artificial tear. Uh, go see an eye doctor mm-hmm. and have a good thorough examination.
1: hmm True, and I and I wish that some of the um, physicians at these urgent care centers were more knowledgeable in that area. It would be really helpful.
2: Well, it's a tough thing for these doctors to know everything, and the eye is one of the more difficult areas. That's why a specialist is really uh, your best bet mm-hmm. when, you ha- when you have an eye problem.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Completely agreed. So uh, just to recap our interview before we close, we talked about um, how a lot of people are aware of Restasis for dry eye, but you also talked about how there's a new product as well called Zydra,
2: That's exactly right. Yep.
1: Okay, and then uh, in terms of uh, improving our nutrition, we really it is extremely important to get more omega threes into our diet. And you recommend PRN or Nordic or Nordic Naturals or Carlson's. Yes. Um, They're extremely high quality, and they're manufactured in a way that the body can absorb them well. The whole idea of dry eye is to to uh, reduce inflammation and obviously to um, cure the eyelid issues. There's a couple new tests that are available. You would have to check with your own eye physician, but LipaFlow and LipaScan are cutting-edge technologies now. Anything else you want to add?
2: Um, I think you covered of course the, the product,
1: of course the important product important
2: points. And again, uh, again, I think managing, I think managing the oil glands and lids by reducing inflammation with oral nutrition and by using hypochlorous acid with Avenova has go. really been revolutionary mm-hmm. in improving the quality of therapy we have for patients with chronic dry disease, and has really been a major advance in dry eye management.
1: Yeah. And again, listeners, the, the product is called AvaNova. That's and is a Nancy, O-V-A. And you can only get it by prescription from your eye doctor. That
2: is well, correct. Well, what can I
1: say? Thank you so much for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule, Dr. Eric Donenfeld.
2: It's my pleasure. And I have to say I am... Uh, uh, very impressed by the program, and um, I really enjoyed speaking with you for the last few minutes. And I'm going to listen to you every day, every every time I have a chance. Now, Lisa, uh,
1: thank you so much. Appreciate it.
2: You're take welcome. care. Okay, take care, now. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye
1: bye. All right, listeners, that pretty much wraps up our show for today. Thank you for joining us. It was an incredibly informative show. Join us again next week, and we'll have another one for you. Until then, be healthy and take care. Bye-bye.
0: We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?
1: The entire contents of this radio show are based upon the opinions of Denise and her guest. The information, it's not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional, and it's not intended as medical advice. We're sharing knowledge and information, and we encourage you to make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional of your choice. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration.